to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Sixty-six of the Dave's I Know podcast, uh, second episode of the 2023 season. We're getting uh, awfully damn close to Minnesota United starting up again. Less than less than four weeks. Um, so we're going to talk. Mind. Yeah, so we're going to talk <clears throat> some Minnesota United stuff. There were some more notes, uh, just a few since our last uh, podcast, where we kind of recapped the the off season, as it were. Um, talk a little bit about the huge news of Minneapolis City. There's obviously a little bit of other soccer um, tangentially related to Minnesota stuff. So we'll hit all that. Again, hopefully we're going to keep this one under an hour. But um, first off, I'd like to welcome our my co-host, Jess. How are you doing? Uh, every day is, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm here. And yeah, I'm so glad to be here. That's the most important thing. Um, <clears throat> you're here, MJ. How about you? How are you doing? You're, you must be in the middle of uh, broom ball season now at this point. Yeah, it's uh, outdoor season's winding down, and uh, that means uh, tournament season's kind of winding up. So yeah, I think things are busy. But I'm also um, hungry as usual, and and for whatever reason, have not eaten a lot today uh, due to uh, things do-do. like <laughs> do-do. getting distracted with things that I need to do. But yeah, do um, do. Um, also, well, also, being hungry is kind of my like eternal state. So yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that just like how you you're just sort of walking walking around state is, is hungry? Yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm particularly bad, MJ. I will forget to eat sometimes, and so especially when I'm very busy. So like when I was coaching high school wrestling, um, so I was running. I you know had a regular full time job, and then I'd go and coach wrestling and all that, and. I literally had to write in my calendar, like eat dinner. Yeah, and yeah. so I remember to eat dinner and stuff. So um, I, I understand. So, <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's jump in to our uh, Minnesota United news. Not a ton of stuff from Minnesota United uh, this last week or so, but there's a couple things. Uh, first off, the Loons played a match against the Philadelphia Union on Friday morning. Um, you wouldn't know about it because they made basically made almost no mention of it. Um, a couple of cheeky... Twitter posts, um, but they ended up with a 2-2 draw uh, against Union. Um, Union drew the first blood. Robin Lude scored uh, an equalizer right before the half. Um, Union scored again, I think, right after half, and then a second goal was scored by Minnesota United. I don't remember who it was. It doesn't really matter because much like a, a forest in the tree, or a tree in the forest, um, if no one sees it fall down, does it actually fall down? So uh, much like Loon's preseason, it uh, – if you don't see it, it doesn't actually happen. So, however, they're scoring goals, which is good. That is good. And, you know, uh, I just want to mention if anyone thought this was a different union, it was Philadelphia Union, um, not Union Omaha, not Union Berlin. Thank you. I was confused. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sorry. Yes. The Philadelphia Union. Because this was, this was a, this was an MLS only preseason party down in Orlando. Yes. Yeah. I believe they have one more preseason game. Preseason party. 
Pre-party, no, no. party, party. I want to clarify this with David, who I think knows more about this than I do, because in some preseason parties, they've invited lower league or uh, a league MX or some other teams into the fold for certain preseason events. This is solely an MLS only uh, invite. I think there are some college teams that are down there um, who are playing. But um, in terms of, like, the actual matches, they're only playing um, – you're right, though. Like, certain – like, the, the Portland tournament, they would, all, they would sometimes bring a non – would bring, like, a Scandinavian team or something. Right. Um, uh, yes. This, I think they're only playing um, MLS teams in this one. And then in Coachella, I think they're only playing MLS teams. So I think that, I think that tournament, that preseason tournament, is only MLS. I don't think there's any – I mean, there might be some, like, scrimmages with colleges, but, like, um, that is only MLS. So as far as I know, there's no other um, non MLS professional teams that are, or even um, uh, USL or anything like that teams. Um, let's see June 21st match, which was happened to be on a Wednesday against the revolution was moved from that uh, Wednesday home match to a Saturday home match, uh, which is nice for me because I play soccer on Wednesdays. Um, so that move that match is moving to Saturday, September 9th. Um, there was an announcement about that. Um, Miguel Tapias, who I don't believe, I think we kind of alluded to his potential signing last last week, um, was officially signed. Uh, he's from Pachuca. If you, Pachuca rings a bell, that's because that's where we got Romario Ibarra from um, when he came and played for that very hot summer that we had. Um, unfortunately, he had to go back to Diego Mekis. Um, they reached an agreement uh, to sign him. He was, he was out of contract at the end of the Liga Meki season, which is in April. Um, however, <clears throat> they've reached an agreement with Pachuca, or they're in the, in the process of reaching an agreement with Pachuca to terminate the contract early. Um, assuming all that happens, Mark Watson is currently down in Mexico trying to get that happen, make it happen. Um, if they get that done, he should be here in mid-February, so shortly before the season kicks off, so hopefully right before or during the Coachella tournament. Um, he's young. I believe he's like 21 or 22. I think he would fit under the U22 initiative maybe, um, or maybe he's 23. Maybe he's just, just a little bit older, but he's young. He's not a 31-year-old center back. He's also left-footed, which is fantastic for Minnesota. I don't think we've had a – I mean, without Debassi, um, Coleman's not left-footed, so it's nice to have a good, young – or theoretically good. He played a lot for Pachuca um, in their uh, – Last, the Apertura, or was it, yeah, the Apertura last season. Um, Pachuca finished second to Atlas in the Liga Mekis playoffs um, in the championship, so that was pretty cool. So he's played a lot, young kid, left-footed, center back, um, something this team has desperately needed for the last three or four years. Yeah, someone who can run Heath's 4-2-3-1, which means your fullbacks are going up and down the pitch like madmen. Yeah, considering we have um, – Kervin Ariaga playing center back right now in preseason matches. Um, it's good to get another center back in. So, uh, also, right. I just can I point out that uh, my colleague at Soda Soccer, John Marthaler, who we all love, right, as Star Tribune regular. Do you like, do you like John? Uh, John mentioned on Twitter today that this means that Minnesota United in the center back position will have a Michael, as in Boxall, a Mikael, as in Mikael Marcus from Sweden, and a Miguel. Um, so, uh, um, also y'all are burying the lead here. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
just a little just, button just makes me want to squeeze his cheeks. <laughs> We leave. We leave the. We leave that stuff to you. Um, that's you should know that by now. It's uh, um, so. So, anyways, the last little bit of um, team-related news. Uh, he's had his av uh, media availability today. Um, uh, Jacob Schneider had a good thread on Twitter. Um, Andy Greeter had some notes as well. I'm not sure. I don't follow Zagoda on Twitter because that sounds like a fucking terrifying thing to do. Um, so, anyways, uh, some major notes. They've had Ariaga playing center back, as I mentioned. Um, they talked a little bit about Bakai Debasi. He's still out. Um, according to Heath, he's a month or two ahead of schedule, but he's months, um, not weeks away from starting returning to training, um, which sounds about right. The The timelines that they had for him seemed completely insane and out of whack. Yeah, um, way Especially off considering the timeline for Romain Metnier has always been weird and out of whack. And, of course, I, he took him forever. And he's still, you know, obviously not with the team anymore. Noted, yeah, he's still apparently technically he's he's still in Minnesota. He's teaching, he's doing like a youth soccer program for the French Immersion School, like after school. So if you want to go, I volunteer check out at the French Immersion School. Anybody in the listenership area, uh, do you have a cook up <laughs> at the French Immersion School? Because je parle français très mauvais. I'm not sure about the French. I'm not sure about the. I'm not sure about the French immersion school, but I definitely German immersion and uh, the Spanish immersion school. I know people. So, um, and I have a connection at the Chinese, uh, the Mandarin immersion school. There so, you go. So everybody all your is covered except the one you want. Yes. <laughs> as usual. Uh, as I mentioned, Watson, uh, Mark Watson is down with Pachuca working on getting a deal done to um, terminate the contract of uh, Pius. Uh, Kamar Lawrence um, was mentioned as being someone who, you know, again, another person that we don't know anything about. Um, he's, according to, he's set to arrive in the next couple of days. Um, no word on why he has been delayed. Um, so that's just, oh, again, more regular speculation. Uh, Huang Yui Joy, uh, who we talked about last week, is sounds like he's going to the Chicago Fire. Yes, um, Huang Yui Joe is going to the Chicago Fire. Uh, uh, Chogu Sang is staying in Korea. This means MJ's Korean striker to MNUFC dreams are over. Yeah. Aww. But the team does have the discovery rate. So the Chicago Fire will pay Minnesota United something like probably $50,000 or something for his discovery rights. Um, I still don't understand this discovery right. It's don't, don't even try. They're, they're, they're slowly yeah. getting rid of stuff. They just, we didn't talk about it last week, but they got rid of allocation order, which is um, a huge deal. So, um, oh, they did? I think so. Yeah, this is like a couple of weeks, about a week, a week ago, they, they got rid of allocation order. So, Soccer anyways, blood. yeah, um, he's mentioned they're still looking for a forward. Uh, Jacob did not put in that he mentioned that that if he said anything about two to three players away, um, I can only imagine that he did because that is Heath in a nutshell. Um, but he didn't actually say that, at least not reported by a greeter or um, by any of the other media folks. That Maybe were down, they're doing that shock therapy with Heath and Maybe. like every time. They put him in the front of the fake camera, the fake audience with the media. And if he starts to say, a they just shock the shit out of him. Yeah, hopefully that's <laughs> hopefully that's the case. Um, the uh, only other bit of news is uh, regarding Reynoso. Um, there is no update yet. Uh, they hope that he'll be back soon. Um, they hope that his situation will be res resolved. Apparently there's one or two things yeah, left to deal with. Yeah, hope in one hand. What? Um, apparently, 
feels like Emmanuel Nelson spoke with the club on Sunday, and hope and the club is hopeful that he, um, who is dealing with personal matters in his home country, will travel um, to the join the U.S. to join the club soon. Um, again, that's that's per Adrian Heath. So take that for what you know with a grain of salt. I just want to say that for those who haven't read the Andy Greedy article on the striking out on the Korean strikers, uh, there is a bit on the bottom part of that article on the Reynoso update. And the Heath quote is fucking incredible because he says, hopefully we can sort this out and we can get him back here. Quote, one or two issues he needs to sort out at home. <laughs> Unquote Heath. So we have, the, we have, we have progressed from needing two to three more players to Reynoso needing to sort out one to two more issues. And I think that's just on brand for Heath. One to two. One to two more. One to, two, five. one to two issues, which may involve being in an Argentinian jail for three years. So um, I guess uh, that's an issue to, to, be, to, to sort out. Uh, and then finally, uh, Jess, uh, you'll appreciate this. Asani Dotson is on track to return to training on March 1st. So hopefully... Um, yeah, well, ever since he proposed to his gal on the pitch and all that, remember that? She wore yeah. that white. Yeah. I, I've just been over it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, let's see. Other Minnesota United FC2 news. Um, this is uh, signed shortly after we got done recording the podcast last week. Um, the, the tunes signed Will Pulisic. The name sounds familiar. That is the cousin yeah. of Christian Pulisic. He's a goalkeeper um, out of the, I think Virginia, I believe is where he's from. Um, he signed a one-year contract with two club options. Most recently he played with North Carolina FC last year. Um, played about 2000 minutes. He was on loan. I, he had been part of Austin FC's team. Um, but yeah, he signed an MLS Next Pro contract. He played for Duke in college. And appeared for the U.S. youth national teams, uh, the, the boys national teams, the U-17 and U-19 teams, uh, specifically the U-17 World Cup back in, I believe, 2015 or something like that. So I believe he's like 23, 24. Um, so not, you know, not super young. It's depth at goalkeeper, which is always a good thing. Agreed. Uh, he also spent a brief period of time uh, playing five games with the Crapids uh, U-23 team. Uh, okay. Cool. Um, some other United tangential news. Uh, Apple Plus deal will be launching pretty soon. I believe if you're a season ticket holder, you should be getting an email from, <clears throat> I assume, the team um, with instructions on how to set everything up um, starting on or around February 1st. So in a couple of days, um, they announced um, kind of filling out the rest of their the rest of their roster. Cal Williams um, officially signs with Apple um, as a play-by-play guy. That's something I think that we had speculated on that he probably would be doing that just because um, he's got a pretty good reputation, both here in Minnesota, but also in the league as a good play-by-play person. Uh, our good friend Harrison Heath, wife, uh, Kaylin Kyle, um, was hired as a, a studio um, host. Uh, she'll be one of the co-hosts of the Whip, the Whip Around show. I just, put, <laughs> I just put puke in our notes here. Um, I don't need... <clears throat> anymore <clears throat> based on the <laughs> yeah we don't need to give her any more shade uh or any more uh any more juice whatsoever so um, based on the uh gestures that jess is making uh something's getting whipped around yeah 
Uh, and then MJ, you put it in here, and I forgot to, yeah, forgot to throw it in the notes. Jamie Watson um, was also brought on well, as a former on the field reporter and former attacking player for Minnesota United. Yep. Um, Most recently, he's been with Nashville um, SC in their and their broadcast team last the last couple of years. But yeah, it was with Cal and Kendra from 2017 to I believe 2019, and I think 2020 is when he went to Nashville. Right? That was like the first. Yeah, it was the COVID season. So for those keeping score at home, that's four analysts or commentators with Minnesota United connections that have been hired uh, by Apple slash MLS for the next coming season. Yeah, pretty good. And then basically the entire 2013 New York Red Bulls uh, playing roster as well. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's yeah, it's Sasha Question, Bradley Ray Phillips, a bunch of a bunch of dudes from the Red Bulls. Were, um, were they for- still the Metro Stars back then? No, they were the Red Bulls at that point. Okay, I think okay. they've been the, the Red Bulls for a few years at that point. But yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Superman is back in the league. Christian Ramirez um, is officially signed with the Columbus Crew. No. Um, yep. For I believe a no. three-year, a three-year deal or two years with a, with an option. Um, the funny thing about this all, I mean, it's it sucks that he's not with Minnesota. It's great that he's back in the league. I think he will will play. He'll be he'll do well with Columbus. Why did he get back here? Um, the manager who originally brought him to Aberdeen, Scotland was fired. And then well, he, the, he was, that guy was fired like three coaches ago. So, yeah, but the subsequent coaches did not have a system or plans for Christian Ramirez that that coach did. He's been, they were also subsequently fired as well. So yeah, yeah, so he's been, yeah, he'll be back. Um, <clears throat> the funny thing with this all though, is that, uh, the Columbus crew not scheduled to come to Allianz this year. So Christian Ramirez is never going to play at Allianz Field. I think that's the that's the the fun takeaway from this. Oh um, yeah, super Allianz fun. I'm loving this. Continues. Super fun. I love this segment. Yeah, and then um, the I I don't really want to discuss this. I don't really want to give this any more air than it already has. Um, but this dropped literally Tuesday morning after we had recorded the podcast. Uh, the Legion. Um, the this whole. Uh, debacle from the team um what so the team created this very cryptic um or there's this really cryptic tweet that went out from its own handle so not from the team's handle um but a brand new twitter handle that created um it kind of caught the all of the supporters kind of blindsided um Mm -hmm. the it basically, they used a lot of language that was supporter adjacent. So it sounded like it was like creating a whole brand new um, supporter group, mm-hmm. um, which of course, you know, a lot of us who are have been spent blood, sweat, tears, broken bones, everything giving to this, uh, to the supporter groups that we currently are all have been a part of for some of us for, you know, more than a decade, um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of caught us off guard. Um when you kind of went through and you kind of clicked through things, you could see the fine print. It's basically just a, a, like a giveaway contest um, mm. where they're trying to get people to do a bunch of stuff. Like for example, like do a task without using your hands, like, so like a soccer player, um, you know, change your Twitter avatar to their little logo. However, it reeked very much of, um, of it starting the team, starting their own supporter group, which is, as far as the, the supporter groups are concerned, a, a very, very, very big no-no. Um, right. Not independent. And, you know, we've, I was on conversations with the team and with the employee, you know, with several employees from the team, or at least one employee from the team. 
you know, reassuring us that that's not that that's not the case. Um, I'm going to say personally, I'm, I'm not speaking for anybody um, on any SG that I'm a part of or the Wonderwall. I don't necessarily 100% believe them. Um, they reassured us that that's not the case, but they said, oh, this is just like every other campaign that we've ever put together, Luna Soda or, or um, the Say Shh campaign, again, which was also a terrible, terrible ad campaign. Um, but those campaigns didn't create their own Twitter handle, uh, right. which is a kind of a, you know, that's a huge a flag. That's a flag huge for difference. me personally. But, um, you know, I've been reassured by the team. You know, we've been reassured by the team, the Wonderwall, um, the SGs have been reassured by the team that that's not the case, that this is a, just a fun contest. However, I mean, yeah, again, you know, take the team with a grain of salt if you want. Believe the team on their face if you want. The fact of the matter is the copy is just really terribly written. Um, well, it's almost at like least that's consistent. It's almost it's almost like they just either they they use chat GPT and just basically mean like create a campaign based on these supporter groups. Mm-hmm. And then they just like it spit it out or they literally just had an intern or, you know, whoever was writing the copy for this, just scrape the websites of the, the Red Loons, T&E, mm-hmm. the Dark Clouds, and then like put together some language that was very compelling, poorly written, not even compelling, no, poorly written. Um, and there's some weird biblical references in there that I don't think they realized that they were biblical references. It just, it's it all screams of like, just kind of like, shade, like not, I don't want to say shady, just shoddy work. Um, mm-hmm. Again, reassured by, by the club that this is not, that's not the case. Oh no, It's um, just more shoddy work from us in the front office. Don't worry so, about it. You know, we're, we're in ongoing conversations and, you know, that's, um, you know, those will obviously stay between, you know, the Tilton, unless there's an opportunity for us to, to the Wonderwall put out a statement about it, um, basically saying that this is not something, you know, we're not a part of, because um, people were coming to us and being like, hey, what's going on? Is the team starting an SG? And, um, we, you know, again, we're sure that several times that they're not. So I don't want anybody to take, take any concerns. I'm just, you know, I, I'm... I mean, I guess I'm paid to be a little dubious of things. And also, um, if that's not the case, it just, again, like, have someone just proofread your stuff. Uh, have us have someone who's involved with supporters, like, just look at your stuff and just tell you yes or no on whether you should go with something. So anyways, I don't really want to spend much more time discussing it. MJ, do you have um, specific thoughts or anything? First of all, I would say that uh, there were several people that seem to overreact to this without kind of doing the due diligence and and reading that fine print and following through with what what this is all about i'm not i'm with david in being skeptical of what the club says this is about but it it did seem to be largely a a promotional uh deal where they were running a preseason sweepstakes now with that in mind, that people on Twitter tend to overreact in general. That's the human right. nature of things. Uh, the club, again, is completely tone deaf. You know, we have been in the NASL when they co-opted our songs, changed the lyrics, and used that in advertised television and radio advertisements, and got random people, not supporters, to sing our songs, but with changed lyrics to, to the, like, this is... This is the background of the club. So when that sort of thing is in your history, you need to be a little bit more sensitive to when you start your own own Twitter handle and you use language 
that is clearly doesn't have sweepstakes promotional in it and instead has a very, very abstract, ambiguous legion, which mm -hmm. is a, a noun that could be mistaken for a club-driven supporters group. And so, again, just the tone deafness and lack of consideration, um, the lack of communication with the supporters group that this was going to happen and whatever, it's just kind of par for the course for the media and communications team of Minnesota United. I'll give you... One guess on whose idea this was, MJ. Soccer United Marketing. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the brainchild of some. So um, I, I was going to guess Maddie Ginsburg, but not not her. No, I, I mean, it I sounds like she is the uh, the person sort of heading up, heading it up on the, the team side. Um, I don't know. The but it's Soccer Look United Marketing promotions. Like if it is. Oh, a oh this is some. Yeah, some. Yeah. Which is an MLS. Driven thing, right? Uh, they're set. They've separated. They're officially. supposed to be separate, but they yeah. separated officially. But they still can. They still do marketing and stuff. So, like the teams so and stuff can contract with them. So, wait, it was, is this every, is, has every team contacted with, with some to do something weird like this? I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah. We we've we've reached out to other teams. So this this all happened on the um just after the Independent Supporters Council conference, which the <laughs> big the whole big conversation was about independence. And so like the timing of this was, even if it's everything is on the up and up and, you know, again, you take the team at their word and all that. And, and you know, again, you know, like I said, the history notwithstanding, um, the, the, the timing is just, was just absolutely terrible and could have been, I mean, honestly, the timing could not have been any worse. The only time that could have been worse is if they had dropped this like, on Sunday while or Saturday while everybody's at the conference because then everybody who's around right. the country would have freaked out in this in the same room as opposed to doing it on Twitter. So again, you're right. A lot of this discourse is happening on Twitter. Um, you know, there's not a bunch of nuance there. They also made it really cryptic and really hard to get to find right. these fine prints and things like and that. Which if you did once once people did a little bit of digging for about an hour, they're like, oh okay, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. However, the language, if you go back Jess, I would encourage you to like go back and, and like look and see what the language language reads like a supporters group like statement, right. honestly. But and it so that's be that hard to find T's and C's terms and conditions that should hit you in the face if it's a promotional yeah. uh, marketing offer. It was, it was a little harder. It was a little harder than than that. So yeah, and because that's like legislated shit. Like you can't yeah. just you know put up a URL and start. Is, say, is saying it's promotional when it's cryptic and you know illegible <laughs> well we spent way too much time if you if you want to get my full thoughts on this um buy me a uh a thc seltzer at the black heart and <clears throat> i'll talk your off for a couple hours um, <laughs> but again for people who are who are familiar with this a lot of little conversations are ongoing where you know we're we still want to make sure the team understands like sort of why this is uh um, was kind of a colossal mistake um, for myriads of reasons. So um, rest assured, if you want to convey your thoughts to me about it, um, you can hit me up on Twitter. Um, like I said, I'm like I said, I'm on the Wonderwall board. I'm happy to re like relay those thoughts to the rest of the board and the team and, and all that as well. So um, I'm, I want to be as accessible as possible to people. So um, again, I, this is all speaking as the Dave's I know. And personally, um, you know, we're all these conversations are all like always ongoing. We're always having communications with the team. Sometimes better than others, but we're always trying to communicate with the team. So, oh, all right. 
let's not talk about that shit. Let's talk about some good shit. Minneapolis City hires Carl Craig. Literally, again, the, the day after we record the podcast, um, we uh, get this really amazing announcement. The most interesting man in Minnesota soccer, Carl Craig, former Minnesota United uh, assistant coach, then uh, head coach, um, and then coach at Fort Madison for a year. Um, he's been worked a lot in the youth levels. I believe at Salvo, I think he was at most recently. He's been in a, a, a few different youth clubs. Um, yeah, um, just the, one of the most interesting people you will ever meet um, and will talk your ear off uh, about soccer, about life, about everything. He's a Jordy. <clears throat> um, can't hold that against him, unfortunately. Because he's such I a nice guy. He is a nice uh, guy. <laughs> MJ will. Uh, MJ, what were your thoughts on hearing Carl Craig um, was announced as the Minneapolis City uh, gaffer? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm ecstatic because I, I, I love the guy. I, I love his wife. They're great people. They're great soccer people. Um, and, you know, it's not very often that a head coach comes out to, let's say, the supporter group sponsor bar, not the club, you know, supported sponsor bar, but comes out to the supporter group sponsor bar and, and hangs out with the people. You know, makes those connections. A man of the people. Makes a connection with the fans. And to me, that's what Minneapolis City is all about. That's one of the reasons why I like Minneapolis City is because they make their players and coaches accessible. And we had a former coach now, general manager, Matt Van Benskoten, on this program because he made himself available. And so, yeah, like what I want to know, David, is what is being done to get Carl Craig as a guest on this podcast? And (laughs) what do I need to do as far as like sacrificing my left kidney to make that happen. <laughs> you know, I don't think that will take much. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if, if Carl knows what a podcast is, which might be the, uh, the biggest, <laughs> uh, the biggest, but uh, we should, we should reach out to Matt and see maybe, maybe we can get both Matt and Carl on at the same time um, to, to talk. That's a great cause, idea. I, cause I, I can reach out to Matt. Yeah. Cause I think it's, I think it's a really interesting setup. Um, Cause obviously we talked a little bit about Matt um, sort of moving up uh start taking over so like the, i believe his name is general manager or his, t- his title is general manager right. but he's wearing a bunch of hats i think so my understanding um is that matt will kind of is going to sort of still oversee things like the recruitment um things like that that carl's really going to be stepping in like where, whereas matt had matt you know um was sort of like he was the recruiter of players as well as the the coach and designing all the the, the training and things like that Carl will mostly just be involved in the actual like day-to-day managing of the team, the recruitment stuff, all the, all the other stuff will be sort of handled, handled by Matt. Um, however, you know, Carl does have a, a history and, and some, and some resources in the youth uh, programs here in the, in Minnesota. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. sure he has some thoughts on youth development and what that looks like for Minneapolis city and, and how they can, um, you know, how they can improve the things that they can do to, to bring kids from the academy, from the futures, uh, up to the main team. But I think my understanding is that Carl will basically be the person uh, that he'll just be really focused on coaching. Um, whereas, you know, uh, like I said, Matt will still sort of be in, sort of in charge of the recruitment stuff as well. So, which I think is probably the best, it's probably the best use of, of Carl, right? Like, I think, you know, the guy is- the he's a, use of him? Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> I mean, the guy's a very, he's very motivational. Um, he's obviously, you know, he's, he's, a, he's been a successful manager at pretty much every level. 
Um, and so he, uh, I think this would be the, the best use of his, his particular skill set, his particular soccer skill set, Jess, let's put it that way. Um, oh, but yeah, right. any, <laughs> any other uh, thoughts, MJ or, or Jess on uh, Carl? For those that are on the Minneapolis City newsletter, you would have also received uh, his assistant coaching staff. Uh, he brings in assistant Peter Rivard, who is the technical director at Salvo SC, um, who play in the WPSL and play at Northwestern College. Um, he, Peter Rivard also previously worked under Carl when Carl was coaching Minnesota United in the NSAL, NASL level. He also brings in Tom Klajewski, club director at Edina SC and former longtime assistant coach at St. Thomas. Um, if you don't, <clears throat> if you're listening to this podcast and you have never met Carl Craig, number one, how? Because he's, he's everywhere. Um, again, one of the nicest dudes. Um, I've only met him the once. Yeah. But he'll, he's one of those guys. So like, again, you, you sit, sit down at the bar with him and you'll be like, Oh, Hey, it's, you know, nice to meet you. And he's all, again, the nicest guy. He is interested. Not if in, you're a geeky fan girl like me. <laughs> But, um, but even still, like he will, not only will he like, you know, he'll, he'll tell you stories. You can ask him questions. He'll ask you about you and how you're doing and the things, especially if he's met you before, um, check in on, on how things are going. Um, just, <clears throat> just generally a, a super, a super awesome, nice guy. If you haven't got a chance to meet him yet or ask him questions, uh, Minneapolis city is having an event at Uda Pills, uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, doors are at six 30. Um, it starts at seven. Um, if you. Uh, yes, Wednesday the first. Yep. <clears throat> Ooh, are um, you guys going? Fortunately, I have soccer at seven at Concordia. Otherwise, I would totally be there. But um, but yeah, definitely. You know, consider checking it out. Um, it's free. I think uh, there's asking you to RSP RSVP with the city. If you get their if you get their emails, that was email, I believe this morning that you can RSVP to the to the event. Yeah, I will be going. So, uh, and I will not be going as a. Uh, reporter per se i would be going as, as a minneapolis city fan and uh you should come too yep um and also get your member uh get your memberships right now i believe they're 89 dollars right now um because you get cool things like the heads up on the hiring of uh you know the most interesting man in minnesota soccer but also you get to vote on stuff uh, like the kits the home kit this year um <clears throat> i'm not sure yeah, we talked just... about... yeah i'm not sure we talked about this but they minneapolis city is moving to a um like most uh they're moving to like an every other year system so they're they're doing a new a new home kit this year they're keeping their uh, away kit from last year to make it more sustainable so that they can wear the kits longer um easier on the pocketbook for for all of us crows fans um because they do put out some really good merchandise um they just put out the email today i believe uh for the home kit um Mm -hmm. i voted um, what'd you vote for i voted for number three i like a caller i'm sorry um, no, I, I do like the collar. The collar was compelling. Yeah. Um, what did you vote for, Jess? Four. Okay. MJ, have you voted yet? Yeah, I voted I voted for option two. Okay. Well, and, and, we split our votes. <laughs> I may have accidentally voted for option three because of the way the ordering of the options in the photos went. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, they're all really, I mean, they're all very cool designs, whichever one, whichever one ends up winning. It's, it's a, it's a more or less a white kit. I believe the number three was like a, like had some like pinstripes kind of thing to it as well. So, um, I think anyways, number four had the most pink. 
Yes, it did. Yes. It was mostly white and black with a, a little bit of pink in there. So, um, so yeah, you get a chance to, if you remember, vote on the home kit. Um, number one, like you're just going to want to be at those games to watch Carl Craig on the sidelines because he's a oh very animated. God. Who's going to be louder, me or Carl Craig? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe possibly Matt up in the, uh, in the stands. Cause he doesn't have to worry about getting red carded anymore. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Any, anything else on Minneapolis city on the hiring? I'm excited. Of Carl? Yes. It'll be, I haven't announced their schedule yet, but that hopefully should be coming pretty soon, but, um, yeah, we'll see about that. Okay. Uh, all right. We're powering through the podcast. Good job guys. Uh, go for soccer announced three home matches. Uh, this spring at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium. Uh, MJ, when will they be and are you going to be there? Yeah, I will be there. Uh, on April 16th, uh, they play Iowa State University and University of St. Thomas. And on uh, April 23rd, they were playing Kansas University. Cool. Yeah. So some spring games um, at ELR. Go and check them out. Speaking of just, women. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say that you know, as February starts creeping in and late February, Minnesota United MLS season starts and eventually you're going to get Minnesota Aurora and Minneapolis City schedules that, that drop. And if you're like me, you want to do all the soccer. And all I am asking is don't forget about Gopher Women's Soccer. Um, these, uh, David, did you say these are free, right? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I would assume these they are, are be probably- free or 10 10- bucks or less they're, they're yeah gonna, the, the, these are friendlies they they're not a part of the the ncaa or big 10 uh college schedule they're just a great way to come out and watch some great soccer at the women's collegiate level which if you haven't watched is pretty damn good mm-hmm. um and speaking of some of the players who you might be seeing um at the gophers will probably be um and ust might be playing for minnesota aurora um which was exactly. named usl W organization of the year uh, today, which is pretty cool. Um, they also won another award, MJ. They were named by the National Girls and Women's in Sports Day, Minnesota, an, a national organization that celebrates girls and women's in sports and the Minnesota chapter of that with a milestone award. And I, I just want to say, as someone who's followed Minnesota all last season and has been excited about the hype, that you might wonder why Georgia Tormenta, who actually won the USLW league last year, was was not given this award. And I'm not saying they didn't win another award besides the championship, but Georgia Tormenta had a youth boys and girls system. They they had a program in place for years. Uh, Minnesota United, or sorry, Minnesota Aurora, apologies, was coming in uh, with no men's team attached, no boys team, no girls team attached. They were coming in fresh. And if you look at what they did, yes, from a competitive standpoint, but I think you all know that money talks. You look at the attendance and the merch sales and things like that. If you combine everything together, that is why Minnesota Aurora deserves this award from the USLW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, cool. All right, plugging along non-MLS news. Uh, so CONCACAF and Comable announced a strategic partnership, which I think is super cool. Um, this is kind of the confirmation that Copa America will be in CONCACAF in 2024. It says in the CONCACAF region. What are we region, going to call them? Uh, I believe uh, uh, Eric 
on the 50 on the uh, sorry not the 51 on the uh, Minnesota football show uh, uh coined it con McCaff con McCaff um yeah but it's gonna be a Copa America all 10 um comparable teams and then six CONCACAF guests um with the CONCACAF teams potentially having to qualify through the Nations League so it'll be Mexico U.S. Canada will probably all be in Costa Rica and then one or two of you know teams like Jamaica Trinidad um, you know, uh, another CONCACAF, uh, team. They did this in 2016, um, for the scenario. Yeah. The 100th anniversary, uh, of Copa America under the banner of Copa America, Sanitario, which, uh, I think David just alluded to. So, yeah. um, uh, I, I would love this tournament to be held every other year. Um, it won't be for, uh, CONCACAF, Commodore, scheduling mess reasons and possibly political reasons but um i'm i'm super excited about about this this is gonna be fun it would make sense if they did it every other year but then like they did it you know every once every four years it was in north america once every four years it was in south america you know and they could just kind of more or less combine these two regions um it sounds so i mean i heard there's also rumors that morocco might be invited to this so it might be just five concacaf teams and then morocco um, which I think would be really good for the U.S., Mexico, and Canada as they're all getting ready to, you know, play the or, you know, the World Cup in 2026. No, you know, not really any competitive tournaments between now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of the uh, announcement, though, they kind of, kind of not, not Barry, it was the second bullet point. There's going to be a, a Women's uh, Gold Cup that's going to be happening in, I'm not sure exactly what year. I don't know if they said specifically. That's going to feature eight CONCACAF teams and four combable teams, which will qualify somehow. So whereas the Copa America is sort of like going to be good for the CONCACAF teams and that they'll get some better competition, the Women's Gold Cup um, will be good for the combable teams and that they're going to get some better competition. Um, so it's kind of both regions pulling each other up um, in their respective where they kind of are, are uh, leading the way. And then a new competition will be formed between some of the best club teams um, on both North America and South America. Again, they haven't announced what that looks like or who will be participating or what tournaments they're going to pull it from. There's plenty of club tournaments that they could Wait, grab two or three teams from. Does this mean like Boca Juniors or River Plate could be playing a game against Minnesota United? Yeah, theoretically. So I mean, I don't know if Minnesota United qualifies as one of the best teams in the region, but like it, it should be. But yeah, I mean, if they win like the, if they win MLS Cup or something, that they, they, that might that you know whatever the tournament is that that or whatever the competition is that they need to to be successful. And there's it's not outside the realm of possibility. I mean, it's probably a very low possibility, but not outside the realm of possibility. Um, and then in some, so anything else on the on the partnership um, between these two uh, confederations? Uh, and then some shittier news. Um, e pluribus lunum is uh, going to be disbanding at least temporarily um vox media which hold which pays for and, and it has the funding uh for the sb nation sites um is pulling the plug on their funding so they're take this is affecting every single mls um sb nation site so there's a there's quite a few um e pluribus lunum is the one here in the twin cities um bridget mcdowell who's been on the podcast friend of ours is sort of the one of the she's the co-editor on the mnufc side uh for e pluribus lunum lots of um, people who write for Soda Soccer um, came up through E Pluribus Lunum. 
Um, it's not affecting, it's affecting more than MLS. It's affecting, I think their MMA and some major league baseball sites as well. It's a kind of a big box media is a big company. Um, mm -hmm. and hopefully they're not going away. It sounds like they're trying to put something together, um, that, you know, well, maybe it's a, 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 a subscriber model or something like that, but yeah. it is kind of a, you know, for luckily here in the twin cities, we have, you know, Andy Greeter's a really great beat writer. Um, Zagoda technically is the beat writer for the Star Tribune. Um, we have soda soccer, uh, obviously we have 55 one for a long time. We have, we have lots of people covering Minnesota United specifically, but soccer generally here in the, in the twin cities. So losing E pluribus Lunum is not going to sort of like, I think ratchet down the coverage. Um, hopefully again, they, they can figure out something else, but like in a lot of markets, the, the SB nation site is the, is the only site that actually does any sort of, uh, reporting on MOS teams. So it's a major blow for um, journalism and for um, specifically soccer journalism in the country, but in Minnesota here too, because there's some really great people I've been you know, that we've met um, through E Pluribus Lunum. Colin O'Donnell has written right. several articles for uh, E Pluribus Lunum's uh, lower league soccer coverage in the past. Um, and just a lot of great people involved with that organization. Um, I hope they can figure out some funding and sponsorship uh, solutions so they can keep going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. And then finally, um, the U.S. soccer bullshit, I think is basically um, what I that described this week. We didn't talk about this much, and I don't know how much more we have to say. I'm just going to throw it out there so we can. Uh, so Ernie Stewart is out as the um, soccer sporting director. Brian McBride out as the GM. Um, they, those guys left of their own accord. Apparently, McBride um, decided not to renew his contract back in November. Um, Ernie Stewart decided to pull out, and, and he took a job with PSV Eindhoven as the sporting director over there. Obviously, Greg Berhalter is still – they still haven't finished the investigation, um, multiple investigations, one into, you know, the, the incident he had with his, you know, then-girlfriend, now-wife, as well as all of the fallout from the um, Harvard Business Conference that he was at. It uh, sounds like they're not going to have a manager in place until um, after or closer to the Women's World Cup, if not after the Women's World Cup in you know June and July, which really sucks for development and everything. Anyways, it's just it's just kind of a shit show. And I just was going to give you guys an opportunity to comment on the shit show if you wanted to. If you look at this last Men's World Cup and the U.S. roster and that U.S. roster being a stepping stone building point for the next world cup that we will that the united states will co-host you're wondering what the fuck is going on and all i have to say because i want to see some consistency through the men's world cup 2022 campaign and the men's world cup 2026 campaign maybe u.s soccer is going to have to say that's not what we need what we need is fresh outlook and and new blood but uh as far as all the controversies and scandals and the mess that surrounds this, all I have to say is when it reina, it pours up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of that U S men's national team, um, they're uh, lost to Serbia two to one on Wednesday. Um, Brian, uh, Brandon Vasquez scored a, a really nice headed goal from a Julian Gressel cross. Um, but then they're poor defending. Um, or I would say poor defending. They play actually played a pretty, they actually played a pretty good game in this one. I, I watched, um, quite a bit of this one. Um, they just had a couple of mental 
mental lapses and Serbia capitalized on them. Uh, and then I, I, a game I didn't see at all on Saturday, a 0-0 draw with Colombia. Again, I literally was at a baseball event that day, so I didn't even see any of this game. So I don't know how, how they did. Um, yeah. David, were, were there any uh, roster surprises for you uh, in, in either of those two games? Um, I mean, the, the fact that there was a dude who uh, has never had a, a MLS uh, who's on, he was on the LA Galaxy team, has never played an MLS, but got a start for the U.S. men's national team. Um, the, the Neil kid, the center back, he played with Walker Zimmerman. I don't know, not really. This is, it's Camp Cupcake. You know, there's always, there'll be probably three, maybe four players that will get some extended time with this team, you know, with the main, the main squad. I think Cade Cowell looked really good on Wednesday. He looked like gangbusters, honestly. Um, Brandon Vasquez was pretty non-existent except for when he scored the goal, which, you know, he's a forward. That's what he's supposed to do. Um, Zendejas who came in, he, uh, has played for both the U S and the Mexican youth national teams. Um, most recently with the U S he came in, he was basically non-existent for the first half and then looked really good in the second half. Um, in terms of like midfielders, um, no one really stepped up. Aiden Morris looked pedestrian. His passes weren't there. Um, uh, Sonora was basically also non-existent. Pax Napomical, you know, looked serviceable, but there's no way he's getting into a a first team roster with, you know, the likes of Aronson and McKinney and Musa and Adams and all that. And, and Kellen Acosta, I mean, Paul Areola played soccer. So he's still playing soccer. He's still playing soccer and good on him for coming in and and being sort of like the, the veteran in this team. Um, And then in terms of the the, uh, Gaga Solina, um, the goalkeeper from formerly of Chicago, now with Chelsea, he looked really good, actually. Both the goals that he gave up in, against Serbia were not his fault. They were, again, just complete brain farts by the defenders. Um, he, had a, he had a really nice double save at one point. Um, he looked actually pretty good, all things considered. So, so yeah, no one really stood out. Um, again, I didn't see any of the U.S. Columbia game. I haven't even, like, literally all the recap podcasts, all the soccer podcasts that were recapping that game, I just deleted them today. I didn't even want to listen to them. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, And then... I mean, one thing I would say, it's, it's weird watching games on HBO Max. <laughs> Not going to yeah, lie. super weird. <laughs> um, pulling up HBO Max and, and finding the game. Um, and then the other uh, sort of little bit of U.S. soccer news, uh, good soccer news, is the She Believes Cup uh, kicking off in mid-February. Uh, it's the U.S., Brazil. I can't remember who the two other teams are now. I'm, I'm blanking on the, who are the two other teams. Um, I don't believe Canada's in it this year. I know Brazil for for sure. I think Japan might be one of the teams. I think it's Brazil, Japan. What's the cup? She believes cup. It's a, a tournament that the U.S. has been putting on every year for the last what five or six years. Oh like that. yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so it used to be they would go and play in this uh, women's tournament in Portugal, and mm-hmm. then they decided why don't we have our own damn tournament? And so they just had this four team tournament. Um, uh, my understanding is. Uh, this year for uh, 2023 will be Canada, Sweden, and Japan. No, Brazil's playing in it. I know that for a fact. Oh, you're right. Japan, Brazil, USA, Canada. Oh, sorry, not Sweden, Brazil. So Canada. So yeah, Canada, Canada, Canada Japan, Japan, and Brazil. And you and yeah, Brazil and the USA. 
Hmm. Uh, that starts February 16th. Um, it's about a week long, you know, games every, every few days. So, um, check that out. Um, it's always pretty good, pretty good soccer. Um, cool. Uh, anything else on the U S soccer? Um, nope. cool. MJ, did you want to, did you want to touch on that, uh, documentary that you were able to see? Uh, I just want to say very briefly that, uh, this is a movie that came out in 2002. So it's, it's not, what's, what's the name of it? So people know it, the, the, the movie, the documentary is called the game of their lives. And sadly there is a U.S. men's national team documentary of the same name that came out in 2005. So again, the game of their lives, 2002 is about North Korea's result or run in the 1966 world cup in England. And Mm -hmm. Uh, it was produced by uh, Choreo Tours, a, a Korean company, the BBC, and one other like Let's Play or something like that. Uh, uh, the, you know, they needed three different production companies to come together to fund this. They needed a somehow to get access to North Korea, which is super hard. <laughs> and uh, while in 2002, it might be easier than it is now, um, like just in general, that's a very hard thing to do. But they were able to um, interview all seven of the remaining members of that 1966 uh, England World Cup roster um, from North Korea. Uh, I had no idea how controversial this was, but you have to remember that the Korean War was 1950 to 1953. Mm -hmm. And North Korea was considered the enemy back then just as much as it is now. and the Cold War was in full force, and people loved democracy, and the West hated communism and all that. Uh, but what was super shocking to me for the 1966 World Cup is that North America, South America, and Europe, and mostly Europe and South America, took up 15 of the 16 spots for the Men's World Cup Finals, um, the, the last tournament. That left one remaining spot for Africa, Asia, and Oceania. Africa said, fuck this. And they withdrew all their teams from the competition in protest. Asia also said, fuck this. And, you know, South Korea, Japan, China, all whatever. And that left North Korea to represent Asia. And and Australia wins the Oceania uh, because they were not part of the Asian Confederation at the time. So there is an Australia versus North Korea playoff. And the Australians, like the rest of the world, know nothing about the North Korean team, but they're arrogant as fuck. And they just, like, why train for this? Why think about rosters? Why whatever? You know, they had their their best team out there, but they didn't really give it a whole lot of thought. And North Korea beat them 6-1 in the first leg and 3-1 in the second leg. Um, That means they were going to England. And a big deal at that time was, could they fly their flag and play their national anthem? Because technically... England did not recognize North Korea as a as a country. Um, so I won't say anything more about this film in detail other than it's worth a watch. Uh, there's some great quotes about the power of football slash soccer to bring cultures together, people of different beliefs together. Um, Middlesbrough was where their group stage was uh, uh, played. Their, their group was Soviet Union, Italy, and Chile. So no one picked them to get out of their group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Middlesbrough 
fans, working class, blue collar people really just kind of latched onto the North Korean team as kind of this underdog. Um, and, and the mayor came out and said some nice things. And this to me just points to the power of leadership and who you elect as leaders. If the mayor of Middlesbrough would have come out with some xenophobic, racial, dog whistle sorts of things, or, you know, remember the Korean War, these people are enemy, they're here to play soccer, but we don't have to welcome them at all. That says one message. When the mayor of Middlesbrough comes out with the manager of the North Korean team and agrees to do a media session photo op of them drinking tea and taking pictures together and laughing together, that sends another message. So uh, extremely um, enlightening and um, educational film, also very entertaining. Yeah, the the five minute link or whatever you sent us in the text messages earlier today, I, I watched that. It was really, it was it really super interesting. Um, do you know where where people can find it? Is uh, just on YouTube? I'm or sorry, I, I had good intentions of of finding a, a way to stream it. Um, uh, maybe you can maybe you can look for that tonight and find it and, and link to it or something in the uh, or let people the, know when I when I'll, I post that. People go on Twitter. Yeah, when I post the the podcast or whatever. So um, if nothing else, you can maybe link that that five minute little sort of like teaser video, which is really really interesting as well. So uh, cool. All right, we have one question. Um, it's from uh, uh, Eric Grady, big game grade A twenty seven on Twitter. God damn it, uh, Grady, get a long a longer handle. <laughs> has there been any funny stories from your new job like maybe some jerk off runs a meeting while working out on the elliptical and he's huffing and puffing the whole time um that's a that's a that's a true fact uh eric ran a meeting that i was on and he was you know to his credit he was trying to you know be you know, not sit at his desk and, and oh my run a god meeting. he was yeah but he was we were texting that's after taking it a little far we were messaging afterwards and he was like man i didn't realize how uh how bad i sounded on the <laughs> i was like just Breathe, heavy breathing and stuff during this during this meeting about you know, food. So, um, anyways, uh, no other funny stories that I that I'm at liberty to share. It's um, thanks for everybody who's reached out or whatever. The the new job's going super great. It's been shit, man. It's been three months now. Um, so um, still plugging away at it and very cool. Ninety so. days. They must like you. Yeah, something like that. They haven't they haven't they haven't caught on to me yet. So, um, uh, all right. Cool. Um, anything else, guys? Or we can we can wrap this one up in about an hour. So, cool. Hey, uh, I just want to say thanks to all the listeners and thanks to my co-hosts David and Jess. This has been yeah, great. yeah. Please remember Thank to you, rate and review the podcast. Um, if you oh, I was going to say something about Eplorbus Lunum. If you go to their if you go to their their website, which I think is still functioning right as of right now, as of today, um, they have a form you can fill out if you're interested in if you'd be interested in paying. Uh, paying subscriptions so they can kind of keep a tally of who might be interested. Um, they'll probably reach out to people. I would encourage people who appreciate, um, you know, uh, outside journalism um, to support that if they can, as well as the soda soccer folks as well. MJ is doing some really great writing over there. Um, you can always support us with the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave's. I know I did, I just had to pay for zoom our full, our year of zoom today. So that basically wiped out three months of our uh, Patreon fees. So please please go in and replenish that if you want to um at tdikmn on twitter um again you can reach out to me at texas zeller if you have any questions or thoughts on the legion stuff or just anything in general um mj is at mj matsui and jess is at jessica 144083 niner two 
All right, guys. Thanks very much for um, thanks everyone for listening and uh, rating the podcast and everything. Um, we've been the Dave's You Know. This is the Dave's I Know. Land here become fecund Yeah uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son Through the act we attract two Hope to reach one Paint a piece, someone spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Check it out, guys. GT. He don't do nothing at all.